Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray this message helps you connect to God as you find your place, reveal your purpose, and unlock your potential. Let's head live to Pastor Chris for today's powerful message. We've been on thankfulness, we've been on praise, and uh, you know, with Thanksgiving, of course, coming up, I kind of felt like, man, as we look at the Word of God, what is praise, what is thanksgiving, what does this mean for my life on the daily? And I, I want to really, really just encourage you guys. Like I was talking about praise last week. Man, this is not something we do like because it's a, it's, a, it's a topic of the month. Let's be thankful. No, it's like this is an attitude of the heart that Jesus has asked for us. And a lot of times when we come to church, what happens is God is training us in a behavior of thinking. God is training us in an attitude of the heart. God is training us through the Word of God. This is how you renew your mind. To develop proper fruit, we would call. Now, fruit means this. You, you, you're supposed to produce spiritual fruit. Does that make sense? Sounds kind of weird. You know, like, what is that? Kind of like behavior, conduct, attitude. Christianity is not like, hey, we just say a prayer. We got to start sliding into a lifestyle of this. Like, what does it look like? So when you start seeing the word, you go, oh, I get it. You know, now when you get this thing, what happens is you can't be stiff. You got to be real flexible when it comes to the word of God. You know what I mean? Like, well, I'm not doing that. Well, wait a minute. Well, what do you mean you're not doing that? Are you going to, you got to obey the Lord. You're not going to obey God. Oh, Pastor Chris, I know I'm not praising God. I don't want to praise God. Well, wait a minute. He didn't ask you to praise God like as, you know, well, you know, you need to praise the Lord because it's going good. He said, praise the Lord as a lifestyle of a Christian conduct and character. So it might be, are, are some things maybe out of your wheelhouse per se? Like, I'm not a real, you know, emotional person. Nobody said you got to be emotional. We said you got to be a praiser. You know what I'm saying? I didn't ask you to do it. God asked you to do it. We're going to look at this today and he's going to show you, he says, rejoice. Well, I don't want to rejoice. Well, he didn't really ask you if you want to rejoice. He said, find a place to rejoice. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like, is this, not a, is this not a character, conduct, reprogrammer for the mind? Like, wow, okay, I got to adjust my attitude and become flexible to the word of God to become a doer of the word, not a hearer only. Isn't that what the Bible's for? Absolutely. So maybe some, how many of you were a person, okay, how many of you when you were lost were, were, were kind of like a person that walked in love? Thanks for the no show of hands. You can't really pull it off at the level where you need to, but you had to learn how to walk in love. How many of you were really good at forgiving people before Jesus? Thanks for the no show of hands. Because you got to learn how to be a forgiver. Come on, somebody. How many of you were like, you know, a turn the other cheek kind of Christian? Thank you for the no-show of hands. You have to program yourself, right? It's kind of like, you know, I'm not trying to be weird, but it's like maybe you would maybe hold a grudge, but now you know, hey, or maybe you would get in strife, but now you know, hey, strife ain't really right. You know what I mean? How many of you would get in like, back in the day, you'd be like, man, I'll knock you out. You know what I'm saying? Now you're like, you're calmer and you're cooler and you don't, you don't get as, you know, you don't get as hot as you used to, you know? You know, somebody honks at, honks at you, you know, remember back, you know, Remember when they tell you you're number one when you're driving in the car? Like, hey, honk, honk, you're number one, you're number one. Look at you, number one. How many of you would tell them they're two number ones? Back in the day, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I'm a number one. No, you're two number ones. Hey, praise the Lord. 
You know, say, now you're like, a God bless you. You know, they tell you you're number one. You go, thank you for that compliment. Amen. Praise the Lord. You're a new person. Why? You trained yourself. You got, you got, you got growing in these graces and you start adding stuff. How many of you had a really, really, really good marriage before Jesus? You know what I'm saying? You know, no, come on. It got better with Jesus because now you know I'm not supposed to go to bed mad. How many of you know that one? Remember that scripture? Back in the day, how many slept on the couch? Don't raise your hand, right? You're like, I don't care about mad. I'll say, I'll send you back to your mama's house. Glory to God. Hallelujah, right? Come on. Now you ain't like that. Now you make up. Now you talk a little different. Come on. Y'all lying to her. You know, 9 o'clock lie, 10.30 is lying too. You know exactly what I'm saying. And you learned and reprogrammed to what? Behavior patterns that the Bible asked for. Hello. Now you got this. Praise. Uh, praise the Lord. No, he's saying what? Practice praise. Practice being thankful. Practice having an attitude of gratitude because it's going to be the benefit of your life. Now you got to make a choice though. Am I going to be a doer of what I hear or not? So look what it says right here in the Amplified Classic in Romans 4 and 4. I like it because it really breaks it down. Look what he says. Now this is like, you know, it's kind of like, it's, it's, well, just read it. Rejoice in the Lord. Now, right, rejoicing again, I say rejoice. Now, did he say, he's teaching us, rejoice in the, when? There you go, stop right there. Half the room, right? Like, I got to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Delight, gladden yourself in him. Again, I say, ooh. Look at that. Rejoice in the Lord, how often? Always. Now, watch this. Now, we're learning, right? How in the world am I going to rejoice? I just got fired. Time out. You're not rejoicing for the firing or the drama. I'm rejoicing that I'm getting a better job because God's bigger than the problem I'm facing. How in the heaven you're going to rejoice? You get a jacked up doctor's report. Are you kidding me? Time out. We're not rejoicing for the bad doctor report. We're rejoicing because God's the healer and you're going to overcome the doctor report. Come on. Count it all joy when you fall in the various trials and tests. Why? The trial and test? No, because I got the teacher and the teacher is going to walk me through the test step by step and I'm going to overcome no matter what. Because what does the Bible say I'm to do? I am to pop it up there. Pop it up there. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord. And do what? Be glad. Come on, you see it? But why am I, why am I rejoicing? Because I know that I've got God, and no matter what I face, I can overcome. But time out. Is that the attitude we have when the stuff shows up? Thank you very much for the truth. No, we're mad about it. Here's the number one thing we do. Why? Who cares why? Don't get into why's life. Why is this happening to me? Don't worry about the why's. You know, guess what? It is what it is. And guess what you got to learn to do? You and I both have to learn to do what we need to do. You know what we need to do? We got to learn how to what? Shift our focus and attention on God. Come on, this is how you do it. Now look at the next part. Keep going. This is going to help you see this, right? Leave that up there. It's good. And let all men know 
perceive, and recognize what? With this unselfish attitude. Be what? Considerate of this. Have a really what? Forbearing spirit. The Lord is near and he's coming soon. Okay, that's great. Do not fret. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Or have any anxiety about anything. Stop right there. Don't have, don't worry about anything. Well, okay, that, yeah, okay, we do that? First thing we do is start worrying. And don't have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition with definite requests, let your requests be made with thanksgiving continually known unto God. Now, I want you to go on the first part of this scripture. Go to the first part of the scripture. This is going to help you. Do not fret or what? Don't be anxious about nothing. Oh, man, isn't that, that's going to be training, right? Because what's the first thing we do when something shows up? What are we going to do? Now what? Chill out. We got to get in the process. What's the process? Do not get nervous. Every, but everything through what? Prayer and petition. And I told you this. Supplication is just the fancy word for definite request from God. That's all it is. When he says prayer and supplication, like you're in King James, prayer and supplication, it's just fancy what? Be specific. And that's where some of us got to get. Get specific because nothing becomes miraculous until you become specific. Tell God exactly what's going on. But once, now watch this. Watch, this is going to help you. Keep going to the other side of that. Let them see that, please. With what? Thanksgiving. I thought that was a holiday. No, that's an attitude at heart every time you pray. Be thankful. You're thanking God because he heard you. And once you know he heard you, he's going to grant you to petition that with you. 1 John 5, 14 and 15. You don't have to go there. Don't go there. Just write it down. 1 John 5, 14. For this is the confidence that I have in him, that I have asked anything according to his will. I know he hears me. And if he hears me, I know he's going to grant me to petition that which I ask. What does that mean? You got to stay scriptural in your asking. You got to stay Bible-based in your asking. You got to stay word-based and word-conscious in your asking. Good. Great. That what? As long as I can be thankful, I know God knows. He'll know. He'll do. Watch verse 7. God's peace. Oh, wait a minute now. If there ain't no peace, listen to me, write this down. If peace is not in your midst right now, I got a question for you. Did you pray? Did you get specific? And were you thankful? Because there's no way you could follow the process of God and not get the results that God said you're going to get. If the absence of peace is there, guess what? First thing I checked, did I pray about it? Did I give it to God, and did I not only pray, but did I thank him? Thank him what? That he brought the answer, even though I don't see it. See, everybody thinks peace is when you don't have problems. No, peace is having what? Calmness in the middle of problems. Peace is not the absence of the storm. Peace is being chill in the middle of it. I told you that time the plane went wacky and I was on it. Thing went like this and dropped. Todd would love this. I don't know what the heck happened. I was going to Tulsa. And, and I never did this. I never had this happen before a day in my life. Thing went like this. It did something weird and it dropped. And it was doing this. It went foom foom and it dropped. And the, I had a, I never forget, I had, a, um, I had a, a cup in my hand. Thank the Lord Jesus. You know how they tell you, leave the seatbelt on and they're, they're, they're not playing. Leave the seatbelt. Don't be a Jew. 
you fall out, right? And I'm not kidding you. My hand was like this, Fran. It was hilarious. I had the cup in my hand like this. I think I had coffee in there, and my hand went like this. It all of a sudden, it shot in the air. I don't want to shake this in my spell. And I was here, and I went, whoa. We went like flying in the air. We went down, and people started getting crazy, and guy in back of me, I started laughing. <laughs> I laughed. Everybody's in there. Over there, I should have given an altar call, but I was laughing. I said, I, I should have really did. They got, my, Scotty thought I was delirious. He goes, I thought you were freaking out. I started laughing. I said, this is great. It's like a roller coaster. Look at this. And everybody around me is freaking out. They're getting all crazy. I said, and then Scotty, my, my roommate, looks at me and goes, what's wrong with you? I said, the safest place in the world is on this plane with me. Why? Because I ain't dying in this stupid plane. What are you, dumb? Think this plane's going to go down? You crazy goober. I'm on this thing. I got a mission in life. Nut job in back of me is freaking out. The other drunk guy should stop drinking. That's your problem, ding dong. You're nervous already. Got in the front, drinking a Bloody Mary, 9 o'clock in the morning. You got a problem to begin with, right? So get what I'm saying. But what was I saying? It was in the midst of the storm, I wasn't freaking out. Have you ever been somewhere and stuff looks bad? Stay in there and say, well, you're brave. No, you're not brave. You got Jesus on the inside of you. Coming in this thing here, man, it's stuff I look back at. It was calm. It was crazy. There's no calm. It's the middle of chaos, and you got to be chill in the middle of nightmare. See, everybody thinks things going to be, well, you know, as long as it's smooth sailing. No, it's can you hang on to peace in the middle of the bumps? See, let me tell you. Let me help you. If stuff, this is a million-dollar seed. You better get this. If stuff will affect your peace, stuff won't stop coming. Now what? Oh, guess what? If the enemy knows stuff bothers you and rattles you and stuff makes you, you know, almost lose your religion, stuff ain't going to stop. Start ignoring that jerk. What are we going to do about this? Win. What are we going to do about that? Watch God come through. And if he can stop, listen to me. If you are not moved by the enemy's advances, you will walk in continuous victory, even though it'll look like everything's upside down. But who cares? Because I'd rather be out in the water with Jesus than sitting in the boat with a bunch of stinky fishermen. Come on, somebody. Are you getting this? It's like, what now? Who cares? Don't let the enemy rob your peace in the middle of what is going on because it is affecting now. What are we going to do? You ain't never been there? What are we going to do? You know, you got that one person. What are we going to do? I'm going to trust the Lord. I don't know what you're going to do, right? I told the one cat, i tell you what we're going to do. Leave you home next time. That's the God's answer. Freaking out. What are you going to do? What do you mean we're going to do? We're going to trust the Lord and believe the Lord. You hear? Well, you know, I'll step out in that ministry when it gets peaceful. Yeah, right. You got to step out in the middle of the storm. Or we're going to start that business when the economy's right. Yeah, okay. Oh, you know, everything's going to go to another level. We're just waiting for things. This is what starts happening. And this is what starts becoming a promise killer because people stop pursuing destiny because they don't like problems. And faith creates problems. Write that down. You're going to need that. Faith creates problems. Oh, my God in heaven. Is this guy nuts? No, I'm exactly right. Faith 
creates problems because here's what faith does. I'll do it. And the minute you say you're going to go for it, guess what the enemy says? Oh, really? Let's see how really, really true you are about hanging on to that promise. And now you got to fight. It's called the fight of faith. Well, why does faith have to fight? Faith has to fight to keep what God said you could already have. Not that you got to get it. You already got it. You see it? But now watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Do you like this? Because you got to be thankful anyway. Now pop the... And God's peace shall be yours. Woo-hoo-hoo. I like that word, tranquil. That tranquil state of the soul. How many feel like telling somebody one day this week, you're, I'm just having a tranquil day? Wouldn't it sound nice? Tranquility. Wouldn't that be like a nice day spa? Tranquility day spa. Where you just come in the tranquil state of tranquility. Don't you like that? You better catch up to my jokes. They're funny. Hey. And a soul that is assured of salvation. Whoa. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of what? Whatsoever sort that is. That peace which transcends all understanding. You're not going to be able to understand how in the world you got peace in the midst of this chaos when you get there, but first you got to pray, then you got to thank God, and then you got to hang on. See, everybody wants to get to, whoa, I want peace which passeth understanding. Well, guess what you got to do to get to a place of peace that doesn't understand? You know what that basically means? That he, how in the heaven? Have you ever done this with yourself? You're in the middle of a mess. Man, my God in heaven, I laugh at myself. I am in the, sometimes in the middle of a chaotic mess, and I start laughing. I'm like, this is going to be a real humdinger how we get out of this one. Wow, this is going to be great. You know, you ever been there? You ever been there? You got to start turning around some of you. You're too worried about stuff. Like, man, I tell Jesus, I said, this is going to be great. I'd like to see how you're going to get me out of this one. Wow, this is going to be a doozy, right? You ever been there? You got to start looking at it like this. Start making faith in this life an adventure, man. You know what I'm saying? Like I had the one guy call me up, $850,000 in debt. No joke, no lie. I said, this should be good. <laughs> you got how much debt? $850,000 of debt. Wow, this will be great. Joker got out of it. Right? Other dude called me up. I got to come up with payroll. I said, what, what kind of payroll you got? I said, a hundred and some grand. I said, oh, my grand, what? Every week we got to come up with this money? He said, yeah, every week. I didn't act like that when he told me. I did it after I hung up the phone. I was like, oh, no problem. God's got Sometimes I like have an out-of-body experience with myself. Like, are you crazy? And I, I was like, who are you? Oh, uh, yeah, God, God, he'll do everything. Hire him. That's, that's nothing for God. Put the stars in the sky. He can do this. Chill out. Relax. Click. Then I walk away, and like it hits me. Like, am I crazy? A hundred and something. What? Joker paid it off every week. Because why? Because we start limiting because our sight in the moment doesn't see, hey, did you handle pray, pray, thank, do the system, pray, thank God, believe him, get my praise right, 
give my thanksgiving right, and stay there. But in the midst of it, sometimes it seems ludicrous because it looks like it's impossible, but God is the God of the impossible, and God can do what seems to be impossible and does not look probable if you start putting his process together in your life. But if you sit there and go, not me, it ain't for you. So sometimes, yeah, you say, Pastor Chris, do you got to talk big? Yeah, you got to talk big. And then when you step away from talking big, you got to walk big. And you got to just stand there and see the salvation of your Lord. But here's what you do. Some of you got to start adding this element of what? Thanking God and praising God and what? Rejoice. What did he tell you to do? Rejoice. Always. Again, I said, where's your joy level at? I don't have joy unless things are going good. And that's why you're going to have problems in your life forever. Oh, nobody's going to like me today, but whatever. You could, you could eat a bunch of turkey and fall asleep and take a nap. You'll be all right. Listen, did you hear what I said? I'm counting all joy no matter what. Well, nothing good is going on. Well, guess what? Did he say rejoice because it's good? Did he say rejoice because everything's working out the way you want it to? Did he say rejoice because... Hey, you're just wonderfully, wonderfully tranquil. No, he said rejoice anyway. Oh, my God in heaven. You see it? Because watch this, write this down. Point number one, you better write it down. It's big. You got to understand this. Thankfulness is a product of your chosen focus. What are you focusing on? If you don't focus on something right, it's going to get wrong. Because what does he tell you in the next part of this verse? Think upon these things. He tells you what to do. Leave it up there for a minute. Let me see. It's my fast. I went a little quick. Right? Thankfulness is a product of what? Come on, come on, come on. What is it a product of? Yeah, what are you focusing on? If you focus on the wrong thing, your feelings are going to be messed up. Everybody say this. Thinking produces feeling. Feeling creates your reality. Because it's coming out of your mouth sooner or later. So if I could change your thinking, I could change your feeling, I could change your feeling, I'll change your mouth. You're, you're, let me tell you something about people. You're one thought away from changing your whole life. Your thinking's messed up. Because he tells you what to think upon. Look at right here. Look right here. She's going to show it to you because she's doing a great job. Well, okay. What? Hey, for the rest, brethren, whatsoever is what? Whatever is true. You, hey, is it true what you're focusing on? Oh, no. I'm just focusing on whatever stupid thing comes in my head. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, Pastor Chris, you're like, you're giving me like a boot camp. Some of you need a boot camp. What came in your head? Hey, uh, let me ask you a question. No, stay with me, because I'm talking like about right now, I'll figure out how many people I'm talking about, 20. Okay, so let me help the 20 people that are paying attention. All right? Where did your idea, where did your idea come from? Because you've, you've had an original thought a day of your life, and you ain't never had an original thought a day in your life. came from somewhere. You don't have that creative ability to create thoughts you never created on your own. They didn't come from you. They came from someplace. You think you're that smart? You got that from you? You got that from God. So here's my question. If you don't filter, some of you want to know what your greatest problem is? You listen to the voice of a stranger. For too long. Your thought identification's messed up. If your thoughts are constantly connected to sorrow, they didn't come from God. If your thoughts are constantly connected to grief, they don't come from God. 
if your thoughts are coming from a place of lack, didn't come from God, can't talk lack. God can't, God can't talk death. Anything that has to do with death didn't come from God. I'm going to say something. Some of you ain't going to like it, but you'll get over it. Grief didn't come from God. Pain didn't come from God. Any negative thought never came from God. God only has good thoughts. God won't let you stay in sorrow for more than a minute. If you've been staying in sorrow for days, you're deceived. And Deception's got its grips in you. You need to change your mindset today. Oh, I've been stuck in addiction. You're stuck in addiction because you like staying there. Stop thinking thoughts of addiction. You'll break out. Here we go now. He's going to be on a bandwagon. No, people don't like strong. They want to live weak. Church loves nonsense. And you keep letting these morons keep talking. It's getting worse by the minute. Nationally stupid. Because they, they, I, I had to go address the, the next night, nightmare thing that happened in the body. Because some young preacher is going to call me up about these other ding-dongs. Talking like clowns. And trying to lead people down the road. God doesn't let you say nothing that doesn't line up with that word. The devil does, and he comes in disguise, and you better watch him. God is not perverse, and nothing about him is perverse. God doesn't speak in an ill way. Well, everybody wants to be here. No, I don't know what he's talking about. Don't worry about it. Just know this. If you're hanging on to thoughts from a wrong place, she'll put it up there. Is it true what you're thinking? It's true to me, but it's not the truth, then it's a lie. Is it worthy of reverence? If it ain't, get rid of it. I want to keep it. You want to know why you want to keep your thoughts? You like what it does to you emotionally. We're emotional junkies. We love it. Emotional currency. We're, it's like crack to people. Sorry, but it's the truth. It's like, I like it. I like the way it makes me feel. I like the downer. You like the downer? What are you kidding me? Yeah, I like the depression it puts me in. What are you kidding me? No, it's true. Listen to me. I'm good at this. Pay attention to what I'm saying. It's got a grip because it gives me an emotional rush. If I can hold it long enough, it'll give me a feeling, and I'm shooting for the feelings because I like the feelings more than I like the freedom because I'm afraid to be free. Why? Because I failed so many times, I don't know if I could stay on top on my own. But you can if you follow God. Look right here. This is good stuff. Honorable, I don't know, seemly. You're, some of the stuff you did was unhonorable. Stop thinking about it. And stop talking about it. And I'm not mad. I'm really, really excited. Right? Stop talking about it because all you're doing is rehearsing a memory you're trying to get rid of. Stop telling people about it. If you don't tell me about it, I won't know. Not that I care. You can tell me anything because I'm not going to remember it in a day later. Whatsoever is just. Is that in your head? Whatsoever is pure. Is that pure in your head? Whatsoever is lovely. Does that give you lovable feelings? Stop talking about your ex-wife from 20 years ago. All she did was make you mad. Cut it out. That was funny. You should have laughed. Come on, right? Think about what? Think about anything. Is it lovable? Is it kind? Is what's in your head kind? No, because I feel like smacking people in the head with a Louisville slugger sometimes. That's not kind. Not you people, only the people in traffic, right? Is it, is it, is it, is it gracious? Does it minister grace? Unmerited favor, ability, does it uplift? Um, is it got virtue? Is it excellent? 
Is there anything worthy of praise? If what I'm thinking brings praise, does it help? If not, get rid of it. Get rid of it because it didn't come from God. Make an account and fix your mind on these. Battles in between your ears. Always. As a man, so is he. You're only as good as your thoughts. You look in the mirror, what do you think? You see something, what do you think? Come on, man. Start looking in the mirror and go, my God in heaven, I can't wait till tomorrow. I'm getting better looking by the day. Come on. You got to talk to yourself. You got to talk to you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we're all getting, we get a little fluffy. The other day I said, man, I'm getting a little fluffy. You know what that means? Come on. It's Christmas. Maybe I can be Santa. Come on. No, stop. Come on. Listen, start thinking good thoughts. Start thinking pure thoughts. Start thinking a little bit. I helped somebody. I'm going to help somebody because I felt this. I just felt that weight thing hit somebody, right? Check this out. Somebody came to me the other day and they said, hey, man, I'm not where I want to be physically. 2024, I'm taking everybody with me in a journey, spirit, soul, and body, okay? So check this out. I said this. Somebody came and said, hey, man, I got 25 pounds I need to get rid of. You know what that does to somebody emotionally, automatically when they think that? They feel like they're in a hole in a mountain. So I looked at them and I said this, 25 pounds. I said, can you give me 25 weeks to change your life? Guy looked at me and said, yeah, I can do that. I said, simple. I said, then we'll do it today. We start right now. You lose a pound a week. You know you're going to lose more than that in the beginning. It'll be great goals. We'll reach them and we'll get there. Instead of trying to do this in five days, why don't we do this over 25 weeks? Lose a pound a week. It's a simple goal and we'll get there and we'll knock this thing out. By 2024, you'll be the person you want to be. They said, let's do it. I said, done deal. It's easy. I said, I'll keep you accountable. You'll be there. Hello? It's all about bite-sized goals, quantifying the results you want to see. Do you see it? You feel better now, don't you? Come on, why? Because that's easy. Why? Because instead of trying to do everything now, one pendulum to the other, we got, what? Let's spread it over time and let's knock the thing out slow and steady. We're going to win the race and eventually we're going to be exactly where we want to be. Don't you feel better about yourself? I do. Glory to God. Why? Because now it's not just a life shot. It's a process. And once I got a process, I get a plan. I can stick to the plan and it's easy to get there because you quantified it in small bite-sized pieces. One thought better today makes one thought better tomorrow, leads to two thoughts better a week from now, which leads to the three thoughts better a month from now, which turns you around to transform to a person that takes thought of every captive thought that comes into their mind on the daily. But you right away think, I'm going to turn this thing around in a minute. No, turn it around in three months. And now I'm a different kind of thinker. I'm a different kind of hearer. I'm a different kind of speaker. And I'm a different kind of person because now I'm not hanging around people. They don't need to hang around because some of you are hanging around people that got diarrhea in the mouth. They just keep talking unbelief and garbage coming out because they got potty mouth because they got a potty head and they got stinking thinking and it's a mess. And you know what I'm talking about? It's intoxicating. Get away from it. It's toxic. You see what I'm saying? So how are you going to have the best version of you? You got to take little small steps and you can turn this thing around. But did you see what he said? Rejoice always. Watch this. Now, here's where you got to get to today. Because this thing got me. Acts, I was thinking about this, right? This really helped me. Because I started thinking about Paul and Silas. I was like, man, I want you to look at Acts 16, verse 16. We'll do this quick because then I'll, I'll get you guys going. Right? Look at this. And it came to pass when they went to prayer. Everybody said they went to prayer. This Paul and Silence thing really, really helped me because I started thinking about rejoicing and giving praise and being thankful and all this stuff. Paul and Silas literally are going to pray. 
And on the way to go to pray, let me just give you the backstory so I got it quick. Paul and Silas, I love this, man. This is this thing, God, because I, I, I got the visual. Paul and Silas are going to prayer. Everybody say, going to prayer. Doesn't that seem spiritual? Let's go to prayer. They're doing what they're supposed to be doing. All of a sudden, comes this woman. She's caught up in divination. She's a mess. And they were gracious towards her. And the Bible says she hung around a couple days, screaming out, these are the servants of the Lord. And Paul just had enough. Turned around and said, I bind you. Come out of her. And she gets free. He does, he does a spiritual act. He's walking a spiritual line. And all of a sudden, he says, what? That's that. Watch this part. This is the best. And he said, what? And all of a sudden, he sets her free, right? Great thing. And the next thing you know, they're in trouble. They're in trouble for doing the work of the Lord. Have you ever just done the right thing and feel like, why in the heaven am I in the middle of this thing? Put that down. Point number two. You need to see this because this one I love. I love this one. This one got me. This one helped me, right? I'm doing the right thing, and I don't understand this. Have you been there? You know, like, have you, don't you do this when you get messed up, when your money gets a little funny. Don't you tell God your tithing record for the last 30 years. I do. I, I've been telling since 1994, God. I ain't missed a tithe since 19, October 1994. I got saved. I, I, I tell him every month. 94, I, November, I tithe. 95, <laughs> December, I tithe. I tithe. I gave him the offering. I gave him the day. John F. Z came. I gave him John F. Z came too. Don't you do that stuff? Y'all lying, church. It's great. Just lie to yourselves. I know what you do, right? And then don't you tell God about your attendance too? I go to church every Sunday. I've been to church every Sunday. That person on the road next to me, they didn't go every week. You start pointing out all the people in the house that don't do it. We're like kids. You know what my kids do? Oh, my God. You know, the, the little ones, my God in heaven. The minute you tell somebody, is she in here? No, she won't. Oh, my God. If I say something about her, she's like, Luca doesn't do it. I'm like, we're not talking about him. We're talking about you. Amen. Don't we do this? Right? You ever do this? Oh, y'all do it in marriage. Y'all lie. Right? Don't, I tell PL, I was like, hey, you know, you need to do this. She's like, well, you know, you didn't do this. I was like, no, we're not talking about me. We're talking about you. She ain't here neither. Nobody can get me. I'm untouchable today. I feel empowered up here, man. Ain't nobody getting up here. I'm the champ, right? You know, what's the first thing you do when somebody tells you something? You start telling them, what, what you, right? Come on, right? Come on, ladies. Come on. Come on, right? Well, you didn't hug me. I hugged you before. Well, you, that's not enough. Okay, I'll hug you some more. Right away. Right away, we start telling everybody, else, look at Jesus. He's sitting here, right? He's saying what? He's saying, listen, the whole deal is what? This is the thing we got to see. I'm doing the right thing, but I don't understand what is going on in my life. And the minute we get stuck in the pressure of feeling like, what's up? We start giving God the resume of all the right things we're doing. Just because you're doing the right thing doesn't mean you're not going to go through some stuff. Is everybody here? I'm doing the right thing, so my life should be perfect. I got news for you. The minute you start doing the right thing, it's probably going to get what? Unperfect. Why? It's going to start getting a pressure, and this is what happens. So Paul and Silas are going to prayer. Everybody say going to prayer. And on the way to prayer, they set this lady free, and it gets worse. So check this out, right? And, and they came, and they did this real cool spiritual thing, and it was real awesome. And look at this part. It's great. And man, this is awesome. And guess what? In verse 22, look at this. This is great. And because they did this really nice spiritual thing, the multitude rose up together against them and took off their clothes and began to beat them. Wow, this is awesome. Where do you sign up for the ministry trips? 
on the way to prayer, they set the lady free, they do the right thing with the power of God, they're walking in the whole thing, and all of a sudden, they get mad, and what? They take these guys, and they beat them to a pulp. They didn't just beat them, they beat them really good. And it gets even better. And after they beat them, when they had laid many stripes upon them, they put them in prison and charged the jailer to keep them, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in stocks. So now they're shackled in prison. I really wanted to do an illustrated sermon, and I was going to use me as the topic. But can you imagine this? You're sh- not only did you just get the, just beat up for doing the right thing, now they're shackled in prison on their feet, laying, I can figure, I can picture them just sitting in prison, laying on the floor, laying back in the ceiling, looking up in the ceiling, with blood trickling down their face, thinking, this is great. Where do you sign up for the ministry? And look, look at this, right? So now, what, now really seriously, having an out-of-body experience, if this happened to you, it's not going to happen. It's all good. What, do you say? what would you be doing? I would not be positive. Let's just say that. <laughs> I'd be mad. I'd be, I'd be, God knows what I'd be. And if I was Silas, I'd be even worse because I'd be following Paul. I'd be punching him with the other hand I had free. Okay? I'd be like, you're the jerk that got me in all this trouble following God and all your deal, but whatever. And watch what this says, next verse. Watch the next verse. And at midnight, they prayed. I would have been like, no more praying. Praying got us in trouble last time. I don't feel like praying the rest of today. They prayed and what? Saying praise unto God. Are you out of your mind? We're laying here, shackled, on our back, being, and you think this is the time to start having a praise party? I started thinking about it in morning service. Cole, you're going to like this. I was like, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, let it shine. Let, what? Are you kidding me? No, but in the midst of the pressure, in the midst of the oppression, in the midst of the pain, in the midst of the problem, in the midst of the disaster that just took, in the midst of their circumstance, they start singing and they start praising God and they start giving thanks because they're not letting the situation, they're not letting the circumstance, they're not letting the moment, they're not letting what is going on stop them from what they know could be their divine deliverance. And they sing and they praise God. And look what it says. And suddenly, my God in heaven, you better get that. And suddenly there was an earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and what everybody's bands were loosed. You better write this down. Number three, there is divine deliverance waiting for you when you praise the Lord. What are you missing in your divine deliverance because it's invisible that you're not praising the Lord? Here's my question. What has been held back in your life because you and I can't see it, but until we start praising the Lord, we're not going to be able to turn it around. The moment these guys stepped over into the supernatural and praised the Lord anyway, their divine deliverance took place. But guess what? They had to do something ridiculous to get something to show up that was miraculous. 
why in the heaven in the midst of this mess would we praise the Lord? Because deliverance divinely invisible is waiting for you if you start praising the Lord right where you're at. Because there's situations that only God can get you out. God will reveal this to you. What are we supposed to do? Rejoice in the... And again, I say, rejoice. It's not an option of like, what I'm going to do. What has been held back in your life? Because you ain't been shouting. And Oh, we're in the middle of a problem. I ain't got nothing good to say. You better praise the Lord anyway. Why? You're praising God because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're praising God because you're greater than the situation. You're greater than the circumstance. And you're greater than what's going on. Here's the big one, though. And I want you to get this, right? Point number four. I love this, right? And all the doors were open immediately. Look at this. Praise does not discriminate. Because everybody can go free. My God in heaven, you better just get that point and let me explain that. What does that mean? I don't care how big your problem is. I don't care the situation you're facing. I don't care if you got to look like Jehoshaphat. I don't care if you got to look like Paul and Silas. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care what it sounds like. I don't care how miraculous it's got to get. If you can get to a level of praise that God can be touched, you could turn this thing around and create what? Everything you need in life. God does not discriminate the miraculous for anybody. That means what? If you say, well, you know, I can't get it. I need a miracle. God's miracles are waiting for you. God's deliverance is waiting for you. And I got news for you. Check this out. I love this part, right? The Bible says that when, watch this, check this out. Look at this part. You're going to love this, right? The, go to a scripture you just gave me where the doors flew open. I love this. And I mean it. And everyone's bands were loose. Who did the praising? Who got free? Everybody around them. That's why I told you, check your row before you get in it when you come to church. Why? Because I don't need none of that unbelief in my row going to hold me back from getting a breakthrough. Your shout might just get me out. Come on, somebody. No, I'm being serious. Your shout might get me out. I'm being serious. I don't like, I'm not, you know, I'm not sitting near that guy in church that's like this. Okay, go ahead. You know, those people that don't pay no attention, can't help no non-reachers. You know what I'm saying? I ain't saying you got to get all buck wild and all that, but you know, you got those non-reachers, you know what I mean? They're all like, oh, I'm not good. You're not going to get me with that stuff. Good. Sit there and be like that. I check my row when I go to church. When I'm a participator in church, I check the row. I don't hang out. None of those people are going to block my flow. I look in the row. That's PL. She'll tell you. I say, no, there's unbelief in that row. I ain't sitting in there. Why? Then people are going to get all stuck. This guy's going to take an offering, not me. This guy's going to take an offering. That whole row's tight. I can tell you already. They ain't going to give none. Right? I got to get in a row where I feel the flow happening. You know what I'm saying? I want to get in the row where that lady gets a little buck wild on the end. You know what I mean? Like, she's going to get that one. That you find a tambourine in the sanctuary, I'm sitting there. Why? You know she's going to go off, praise be to God. She's just waiting for the first hallelujah, praise the Lord. What am I trying to tell you? This is your personal praise moment that next time you face something, instead of sitting there cursing it and rehearsing it and blabbing it, get up and stand up on your feet. And you don't got to do it now, but if you want to, go ahead. You get up and praise the Lord anyway, because check it out. Your, remember this, I'm done. Your divine, just don't ever forget this. Your divine deliverance may be just waiting for your praise because the miraculous ability is released. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God and shackles. What, watch this, wait a minute. What maybe you cannot see that's holding you back. This ain't no hype, pay attention to what I'm saying. I don't know what's limiting me because I cannot see it. But this is what I want you to get. The minute he sang and praised God, what a heart filled with singing and praising, 
And what took the shackles off? Wait a minute, now slow, think about it. Well, somebody had to physically do it. Who do you think did it? Inter intervention of angelic presence starts happening when you pray. Let me tell you right here now. That didn't just happen. God ain't no magician. He don't just start doing weird stuff. Somebody had to come unlock the shackle. I'm going to tell you what happened. Angels were sitting around heaven and when your praise starts inhabiting God's atmosphere, angels start moving on. They said, praise the Lord. Angels said, we got to go get them out of them bondages they're in because they got to get out. Shackles start falling off your feet. Angelic presence starts working on your behalf. Miracles start breaking out in your atmosphere. I don't know about you, but if something invisible is holding me back if praise can get me out i'm not going to be the same guy yesterday i'm going to be a brand new guy tomorrow come on you gotta know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if i can praise my way out i can praise my way out i can praise my way out i don't know what's holding you back i don't know what's holding you back but it ain't gonna hold me no more i'll shout my way out shout your way out Everybody gets free. You got to get out of some stuff. Come on. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Wait a minute. Watch this. See, some of you have been oppressed and you've been depressed and you sit in this mess and you don't even know what's going on. Like, I know. No, you got to shout your way out of this stuff. It's invisible. You can't see it, but it's weighing you down. It's keeping you heavy laden. And Jesus said what? He said, no, man. He said, I'm going to bring you the oil of joy for the spirit of heaviness. Come on, you got to just sometimes, man, bump this. I'm done. Bump it, man. I ain't keeping it. No, I ain't funky no more. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Hey, praise the Lord. All I know is the Lord is good. Oh, watch out. The Lord is good. I said, the Lord is what? He's good. And his mercy endures forever. Look, 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 look. Watch, 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 watch. I'm going to give you one more shot at this. I'm going to tell you what happens. Y'all in the house all week long. Oh, You know, you're like all depressed in your head, depressed in your mind. You're just heavy pressed. It's okay, man. We all go through it. And then you come in this atmosphere. Heaven's wide open in here. It's wide open, man. And you one step away. One step away from breaking the bands of oppression. One step, I don't know what's holding me back. You think I know the limitations I got? I don't know, but I know they're there. And you know what the Bible said? It said what? The, the praises of the people released the presence of God and the presence of God broke through the barrier of invisible limitation. You don't even know if we could see like this. If we could see in the spiritual world right now, right now, you would see stuff that you wouldn't even imagine. Thank the Lord God Almighty. We don't see in the spiritual realm. We probably freak out, right? Angels and all this stuff going on, right? So you got to realize this. So we would see. So some of you would see heaviness on you. You know, Brother Hagin said this. He said he would go pray for people. And sometimes he'd see like a gray cloud over their head. And he would pray for them and break the barrier. He would pray. He'd see like a gray cloud. Like, you know, like, you know, like, like, you know, like a just grayness. Some people just carrying heaviness. They're just carrying stuff they don't need to carry no more. And the Bible said what? Just like Paul and Silas. They said, man, bump it. You know, they said, I tell you right here now, them jokers are laying on their back. I can tell you exactly what's going on. Feet shackled. Feet shackled. Laying on their back. Staring at the top of his head. Paul? Hey, Silas. What, what you doing? I'm laying here on the ground with you, ding dong. What do you think I'm doing? You got me in all this mess. What you want to do? 
What do you mean what do I want to do? Bleed in, I'm beat up, I'm shackled, I'm in prison. This stinks. Yeah, I know. We got options though. We can sit here and complain about it. We can just praise the Lord. Ain't like we're going anywhere. I think he just went like this. Praise the Lord. I think because Silas went along with him, he was a little stubborn. Maybe like, yeah, 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 praise the Lord. Paul gave him a little, praise the Lord. I think Silas gave it back a little, yeah, okay, praise the Lord. Why is wiping the blood off his face? Got beat up. I think Paul just went for it and said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. For his mercy endures forever. Praise the Lord. I think it gets contagious. I think silence just said, bump it, let me go praise the Lord. For the Lord is good. His mercy endures forever. The guys down the hall are like, something's happening. And the earth starts shaking. The, earth, the Bible said it was an earthquake in the prison. What, what earth, where did it come from? It came from praise. Your praise is breaking you out of stuff you can't see with your physical eyes. It's breaking limitations. It'll break it off you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be held back no more. I don't want to be held back no more. If my praise will make a way for me to get to another level, I'm going there. I'm talking like eight people in this room. I'm okay with it. I'm going to give you one more shot. I'm, talk- I'm being serious. There ain't no hype. This is the truth. I'm talking about, I'm being serious. The Holy Ghost is here. I don't play with this stuff. I'll tell you right here. There's, there's a pan for you in here. You're stuck in this cloud of just heaviness and you don't know how to get out. But I promise you this, you can feel the presence of God on you right now. It feels like fire. And what's gonna happen is you might shake and all that stuff, I don't really care. The power of God is gonna hit this place in like two minutes. So I ain't gonna, everybody just participate, speculate, whatever, participate, do what you gotta do. I'm telling you right now, some of you don't care no more. You're like, I'm not living in this addiction no more. I'm tired of waking up every day, having a craving to go do something I don't wanna do. I'm talking to you today. I'm talking to somebody in here for like, my head is so pressed in, I feel like somebody's pounding me in the head. I can't get out of this oppression. I can't get out of this depression. I can't get out of this mindset. And somebody in here, I must say this and take this serious because I don't play with this. You don't feel like living month after month sometimes and you thinking the stupidest thoughts in the world. And I'm telling you today, you better pay attention to me. Your shout will get you out of this mess. This ain't for everybody. This is for somebody. And it ain't going to be me stopping it from happening. If you understood what I just said, there's invisible barriers. And I feel like throwing this pulpit. I feel like throwing this pulpit. I feel like breaking this thing. Oh, you better hear me today. You better hear me today. Somebody in the room can turn their life around. If you spectate, you ought to participate. Get your praise to get you to another level. Let's go. Get it. Get it. Lift your hands in the air and close your eyes. And get it. Shout your way out of this thing. Shout your way out of this thing. Shout your way out. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Hey, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I'm coming out. I'm coming out. Breaking. It's breaking off you now. That's breaking off you right now. Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarnum. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, you can visit us at relevantfl.org. 
And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. Thanks for listening.